Welcome back to Cinema 7. Our Star Wars week uh, is not ending as we are going to continue. It never ends. It never ends. We're continuing to talk about Star Wars. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to talk about the prequels. Uh, We're going to talk about all three, episode one, two, and Trey. And, uh, you know, some other things might come up. We'll probably go back to four or five, and maybe we'll talk about the Clone Wars here and there on certain subjects. So I forgot to do some intros here, okay? Uh, we got a big group with us this uh, today, so as always with me is uh, John Kenoki. Hi again. We got the the wrong Kenoki. we got Nick Kenoki. What's up? As most say, well, Alberto says he's the wrong Kenoki, but he could be just John Kenoki from... Who, who's Alberto? Who's... I don't know. Has he Alberto doesn't... ever been on the... a guest on the show? Um... I recorded him saying yes and no, so randomly I will put in him saying yes to something. Gotcha. You should um, have him on for something. No, no idea what it would be, but... He doesn't actually exist. He's a robot. Oh. Yes. And uh, Joey Hill, who I just was talking to. Hello. So with the, with the, uh, the new sequel trilogy, there is... Little callbacks, uh, very, very few so far. In the, there's one in The Force Awakens about talking about clones. Also, uh, they have Anakin's pod racing flag at Maz's castle. And in, in The Last Jedi, Jedi, more recently, Luke mentions the rise of Palpatine. But uh, let's jump right into our prequel discussion. Uh, I just actually watched all three today. So <laughs> I'm like, it's fresh in my brain. I don't yeah, know if you guys have, have to... rewatched it recently. I mean, I've seen them enough times. I haven't. Re- I meant to rewatch them um, mm-hmm. yesterday, but then my mom was like, "It's your birthday. Let's go do stuff." And then uh, <laughs> sounded a little Jersey there, but uh, we did. And then I didn't get around to m- my movie marathon. Now, Nick Nick Kenoki actually likes Episode Two. That's probably one of the more um, hate, hated ones, and we'll we'll get into Nick's. Thoughts on that, and we know George likes Darth Maul, and we'll get into more thoughts on that. But John, uh, give us a, a quick rundown about the public's perception of the prequels, if you will. Yeah, so uh, I assume this episode's coming out after the one we did with your uncle Matt Nixon. Um, yeah, but he's uh, he's the perfect example of the prequel tonality and the general thoughts on the prequels, and uh, he hated them for quite a long time. Uh, he would say really? nothing but uh, bad things about them every time you know it was brought up when I was there. It was like it was yeah. a big joke to him. And now that the sequel trilogy has come out, you know he's found new appreciation for it, which I guess a lot of people have. Be it they didn't really like Force Awakens, or they uh, like the the prequel memes so much that they actually appreciate the movie now, which is a as a good thing. I mean, no matter how you enjoy it. It's about enjoying it. doesn't matter if you're making fun of it the whole time. At least you're enjoying it. But uh, the general consensus is people don't like them. Uh, they don't like the trade negotiations. They don't like the flow or anything about them. 
I love the trade negotiations. Now that's uh, the one of the biggest complaints is that you can't have a movie about trade negotiations and it'd be interesting. <laughs> what? Whoa! They funny. haven't watched. They haven't watched the draft. All right. <laughs> I the actually, draft. I usually don't. I just like. I just have a little thing that lets me know who's getting picked when. You know, um, or draft day. That's the movie I was thinking of. I feel oh, like I'm, th- I'm thinking NFL draft because it is. That's kind well, of well. Dr- draft day is about the NFL draft. Oh, all it's right. a great movie. I haven't seen that movie, so Fan- fantastic movie about <laughs> trade negotiation. <laughs> you know, I I feel like uh, a lot of the the flip the turnaround is also that maybe maybe it is like you said, John. Maybe it is the uh, and like we were talking with Joey a second ago or a couple minutes ago was the callbacks to New Hope. Maybe they they want more different things and that's what the prequels gave them. So when they go back and rewatch it, maybe they see, they see how different it is or how it introduced. Um, like my uncle said in the return episode, uh, you know, it introduces more vehicles, introduces more, uh, lore and, and stuff like that. So maybe that could be one of the bigger reasons why it, um, why people flip on it. And, you know, one of the bigger, arguments too is you know star trek versus star wars and how star trek is better because it's more um you you know what i'm saying john how it's more i think it's more about uh it's not the worst thing they've seen recently it's also not the last thing they've seen i mean people are more apt to hate on something they've seen more recently yeah and uh everybody likes rogue one so it, it couldn't have been that i mean i personally did not but that's another story i enjoyed it now, Nick, you're you're also you also didn't really uh, like Rogue One. Do do you um, what do you think could be the big turnaround to why people might be liking the prequels now? Do you think it's the memes? Do you think it's uh, the similarities between New Hope and Force Awakens? No, I I honestly think it's probably the memes. Uh, I didn't like Rogue One. Uh, a lot of people did. I didn't like the way Rogue One didn't build anything up to make you like these characters that you knew were going to die. Yeah. Um I actually didn't know they were going to die. A lot of people a lot of people liked the movie and I thought it was like because I see why the prequels aren't a good like why people don't like them, why people say they're not good movies. I see that I just look, choose to look past it same i feel like but i felt like go on i felt like rogue one had all those same characteristics in it but yet people still liked it mm-hmm. so i think it's just people seeing memes the darth plagius meme is probably one of the best <laughs> um I, I i think it's just the the memes and it being more like a casual thing to dislike it now i feel you i feel yeah. you I see Near exposure I, effect. I like I liked Rogue One. It was definitely a, a great theater experience, like uh, Force Awakens. But when I watch it at at home, like Force Awakens, I do see some of the flaws. But I I personally still think it's better than Force Awakens, and I still think it blends the prequel elements and the uh, original trilogy elements together pretty well. But uh, let, let's get back to the prequels. Uh, what do you what do you guys think? Of each, what's your general thought on each episode? Uh, what do you think of episode one? Uh, generally, uh, what do you think of episode two and episode three? 
But first, John is going to tell us about our partnership with Audible, and it won't take too long. So, John, take it away. Hey out there, it's John Kanoki. Just wanted to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash c7pod. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Uh, some recommendations I would just throw out there is uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, uh, The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, or the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Uh, you can go ahead and download it to your iPhone, Android, anything mobile. Uh, again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash c7pod. Uh, get your free trial and free audiobook today. Thank you. So, Joey, what's your uh, what's your general thoughts on episode one, episode two, and episode three? Um, for uh, I, first of all, I really I really love them all because for me, this was this was my Star Wars trilogy. You know, saw mm-hmm. Phantom Menace in theaters when it first came out, and subsequently, every one after that, I also saw as soon as they came out in the theater as a child. Because uh, like I watched the original trilogy with my dad in our living room on our VHSs. And then uh, like at one day he just told me that there was a new star Wars coming out. And I was like, this is my star Wars. So yeah. episode one, I really enjoy it. I have, a, I had a lot of fun um, kind of picking out all the foreshadowing in it. Um, and episode two was just this awesome for me, this awesome action packed movie with this cool little, like mystery that Obi-Wan had to solve. Um, I'd say the worst, the, the downer part of that movie was that I w- didn't really get into was the romance for episode mm-hmm. two. But overall, episode two is actually one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all of them. And then uh, episode three, you know, that, that kind of rounded it out. Um, I was a little bit older and uh, I don't feel like I appreciated it as much um, at the time. But I still really, really liked it, and I loved everything that they did with the clones, and I loved what you get, you get to see there. You really get to see um, the Republic become the Empire, and I feel like all of those three movies were absolutely necessary. So I, I like them all, two being my favorite, um, one being close behind it, and then three trailing along. I think everybody... Uh, knows if you've listened to the podcast, you know, a regular listener, and obviously you guys being my best friends, I think you guys know I, I like the prequels. I I actually love them, and, you know, I hate when people are real silly with them and, and stuff like that, but I, I think <laughs> I think episode episode one is definitely my favorite, and it's because of the the way it, it gives you... it The way it kicks off the trilogy this new trilogy and it gives you lore and it, you know, I also was the first star Wars I saw in theaters. Uh, just rewatching it. I, I think I have more appreciation for, uh, some of the, the, uh, like, especially the Qui-Gon parts. Um, and I, I'm not too down on Jar Jar like everyone else. I, I, I don't think he's as, as annoying as everyone thinks he is i i don't mind jar jar and i can i can see him as that comedy uh element for children but uh everybody i mean everybody in the movie hates jar jar i mean qui-gon hates jar jar uh c-3po even makes a comment about hating jar jar obi-wan likes him a bit 
Uh, I don't know. I think he calls him a doof. He calls him a who, or we. I think we picked up a worthless creature or something. He says. Oh yeah, we'd have to check out that quote. <laughs> but, but uh, episode I think two. By the end of the movie, they like each other. I'm yeah, sorry. episode two. I, I like. I I think episode two for me personally has a lot of really has like every element. It's got the the romance, even though it's I can agree it's not as compelling as it could be. Yeah, it's or, not the strong point. Or, yeah, it's not the strong point. Um, the, the detective mystery side of it with Obi-Wan, it has the action, and it has the, um, the pacing where it slows down so you can uh, get back into the story for me. So I, I actually like that one. I think it's the most rewatchable because of those elements. And in episode three, I think is, is one of, I think is a great film, like filmmaking-wise. I think, I think episode three is... I just think it's a good film. And one thing I think about it, um, and the reason what makes it a good film is because it has the two previous movies to really that built up to it. And without that building, I just don't think it would have been good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick Kenoki, what, what's, what's your general thoughts on episode one, two, and three? So episode one is probably my least watched Star Wars. Um, I think I've seen it all the way through, like, once. Um, so I don't have a huge opinion on it. The one thing I will say uh, is everybody mistakes Jar Jar for the most annoying Star Wars character. It's definitely Kid a- Anakin. <laughs> kid Anakin gets on my nerves, like, constantly. He's a kid, though. Um, we'll definitely talk about Kid Anakin. He, yeah, um... I work with kids a lot, and, and they're not as annoying as Kid Anakin. Yippee! Um, True. Yeah. You know, how old was Kid Anakin in that movie? Like, what's his exact age? I don't know. How I always, Mario, do you I know? always thought he was around, like, 12, 12-ish, 10 or 12-ish. Nine? No, he's, yeah, you're I, probably I, right. I thought it was, like, 10. I don't John. know if he's 9, because, I don't know. He's I, 9. He's 9? What would Padme yes. be then? She was fourteen. Oh, uh, okay. Weird Al song. That's how I remembered he was nine. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just he's he's annoying to me, very annoying, and I I just I can't deal with it. Uh, Chris Hawk shared that uh, Darth Vader, but with Kid Anakin's voice video, um, and. I like. I honestly hated that video. I was like, can't can't deal with it. There was a uh, if you watch the behind the scenes documentary they made on the uh, episode one DVD disc, I believe it is. Uh, they actually had another kid up for the role, and he looked more like uh, a young Mark Hamill, like a really adolescent version of Mark Hamill. And he was he, he killed it in the lines, but for some reason he went with. Uh, is it Jake Lloyd? Uh, I don't know why they they, I don't remember. But I I thought the other kid was was better personally. They probably should have went with that other kid. He probably would have appreciated the role more too. Was he more serious? Because I I do feel like he could have been he it just know, seemed, a little more yeah a little like, more serious. It seemed like he was more mature. It seemed like and Jake Lloyd like if you watch the behind the scenes he 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 just it's like. His parents were like, "You're gonna be in this movie," you know. And he was like a kid. Time, and... Though, how many mature nine-year-olds do you know? Yeah, it just 
what I meant to say is he he looks like he would, or he seemed more like he wanted to just be a kid and he, he didn't really you know care you know like when you're a kid and you go somewhere with your parents you're like I don't want to be here he, he seemed like that and the other kid kind of seemed like you know he was he he tried more uh, back to Nick what do you, what do you think of uh, or continue with your general thoughts on episode on so so those were my thoughts on on one um, it's probably. I'd say probably my least favorite just because I haven't seen it uh, enough. Um, two is uh, the one, the Star Wars I've seen the most because that's the only one my family owns for some reason. I don't exactly know why. Uh, so when like when the power... Well, so like when the cable would go out or something like that, like that would be the, the one to watch. Uh, if we wanted to watch a Star Wars. It's really your only choice. Yeah. <laughs> like Um So that like I really liked that movie. I think like I just treat the love scenes as intermission. Like that I go up, get, you know, a drink or go to the bathroom. I just ignore those. Because the like the rest of the movie is is, is great in my opinion there's there's a lot of world building in episode two like universe building for star wars like things that the rest of the universe have used and like different authors and stuff like that have used over the years like death sticks death sticks didn't exist until episode two it showed like different uh different bounty hunters different uh different creatures, different races, and it was just so much world-building and establishment for the Star Wars universe. The episode three uh, was probably the uh, the Star Wars that got me into Star Wars. I I think the Obi-Wan-Anakin fight is one of the best uh, lightsaber battles, regardless of how much you hate or like the dialogue during that fight. Uh, it's just such a great fight. Mm-hmm. I feel like in. I mean, I just. I feel like in episode three, I, they kind of they kind of fix the love story a little bit because they're they're the the uh, scenes with Anakin and Padme are are a lot better and have more seem more realistic to me compared to the second one. I, I don't know if they just had time to build the charisma, but it, I feel like that's a little better in the third one. Sorry, sorry, Nick, go back. Yeah, I mean. I I just, the third one's a good movie, but I think the second one's probably the the best of the prequels for me. John Kenoki, general thoughts, episode one, two, three. So excited. Well, I just want to correct a uh, something you said earlier, and that two is the most hated prequel movie. That's false. One is by far the most hated prequel movie, uh, to the point where people don't watch it. Two is actually a toss up. You either really like two and you like it more than three, or you know, the majority like three better than two. But one is definitely the movie that people don't like. Like it's ranked last on almost every list I've ever looked up, minus uh, the few where it's not and sixes, which we had like that me discussion. Like and George, yeah. <laughs> uh, but personally, uh, my order is three, one, two. I don't find two to be the most uh, enjoyable movie. Uh, just for a few reasons, I don't like uh, Geonosis. I don't like the, the Geonosians. I don't like, like the, it, the the planet or like just the aesthetic of it all. Everything to do 
with that, I think could have been done differently in a more interesting way. I just, the Geonosians to me don't really make a lot of sense that they'd be so integral to Count Dooku's plan uh, just because there's so many other people that could have been involved. Um, but I, I don't like Yoda either, so I don't like his fight, even though him flipping around is cool, I guess, from a CGI standpoint. Uh, but I just don't enjoy it. And then the Obi-Wan scenes are really good, but I'd say they are few and far between where they do a lot of uh, expansion. Uh, then one, one's obviously really good. I'm of the opinion that Jar Jar is annoying, but he doesn't make me hate him. It's, I don't mind his character, but I do find his voice annoying. And everything else about the movie, I don't really have a problem with. I mean, I think pod racing is cool. I don't, yeah. I don't know why people hate that, but my favorite character in that whole movie, say Bulba. Watto <laughs> always you know, wins. Watto's good. John loves Watto. But uh, episode three is by far my favorite, just because of the interaction between. Obi Wan and Anakin, you get the you know the real reason they had the falling out. And I don't know the chemistry between them both. It was like uh, Hayden Christensen, you know, actually actually wanted to try at some parts of that movie. I know people argue that he doesn't really try in the end with his dialogue, but I think he did. It just wasn't as good as people wanted it to be. So th- those are my thoughts, though. Yeah, I think I think that could be direction, maybe because I, I know all of them. So, or something with I remember the first one they said had to meet a certain deadline so he was trying to get it out too fast was one of uh, George Lucas's ex, uh, excuses or what he said uh, but talking about uh, Anakin uh, let's actually talk about Anakin a little bit and uh, kid Anakin and do you guys think maybe Anakin could have been older in episode one or do you think maybe what's your guys thoughts on Anakin overall as a character and maybe um because we we already know the opinions as an actor what's let's let's dive into the character yep all Anakin's Clone Wars Anakin just kidding are you an angel (laughs) (laughs) shut up Nick you kind of do get this, like, I, when I was rewatching it, you do get the sense that he is kind of cocky of his abilities, and I wonder if that's because everybody's telling him he's so strong and he's the chosen one and all that. Like, he just developed yeah. that. Yeah, and then, you know, him beginning his Jedi training so late, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he didn't start as a baby or, like, as a, like a three-year-old like everybody else does, where they basically, they learn, they eat, sleep, breathe Jedi. You know, he, he was a kid on Tatooine. Yeah, a slave kid, no less. John, what he killed younglings. <laughs> John, what's your take on uh, the character of Anakin? I think he should have been older, um, because they were already going with the angle that he was training late, and that was going to mess with them. So, why did he have to be so young in the first place? Because the whole Padme Anakin thing is just—it feels so unnatural. Mm-hmm. And doesn't flow well, uh, especially uh, one. One, it's just creepy, and then two, it's just it stands out, and you can't, it's not believable. And I mean, I don't know why that is, but they should have redone that whole thing. But otherwise, I think his growth as a character makes a lot of sense. You know, he uh, he grows up with uh, Qui Gon telling him how strong he was. Uh, then he he dies, and he's stuck with Obi Wan, and uh, you know Obi Wan's <laughs> like. 
Yeah. Hey man, you best listen to me. I'm the stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> and then he uh he rejects. I think him. I think the I feel like George Lucas that was just an oversight for how young Anakin was. I feel like he was like he he was trying to make it so like Padme was more experienced and like in like a, a leadership role. So she had to be a certain age. And then but he wanted Anakin younger or like young but older than typical Jedi's start out. He he would have been so just I feel like that was being just, twelve, I think. Like twelve would yeah, have been I feel just like fine. That, I feel like that was just an oversight and then like when they get older it's like five years isn't much of a difference for certain like certain ages, but when you're nine and fourteen it's a huge difference. Huge difference, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's like you could easily it just yeah. doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel normal. I think too another thing that makes it horrible is just he shouldn't have shot for a nine year old kid actor just because at that time uh, in in Hollywood there there weren't many great kid actors honestly. Like there's there's a lot of them today that are more popular and and I don't know if it's direction styles that have gotten better or if it's just kid actors who have gotten better. But back then you didn't see many uh, movies or shows with great kid actors. They all kind of fall flat. Yeah. And so I think he definitely should have shot for like a a young teen actor or something. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a nineties. He could have even that is like exceptional yeah. and there's not no, no one's coming to mind right now. I think it could have been too, like he could have shot for somebody like 12, 13 or 14 and then use that same kid throughout all the movies because he would kind of he would kind of get older with the movies as they came out. Because I don't, I don't remember what years each movie came out, but I know it was I know it was a couple between each one. So I think the, the first um, one was 99. The second one was 2002. And then the third one was 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like if they if they went with somebody who was like 13 for the first movie, he would have been like 16, 17 uh for the second movie and then he would have been, you know, a young adult for the third movie, which would have fit perfectly, I think, for the age range that Anakin was supposed to be in already. Um so Now John, you're uh, that's my John, you're a big fan of uh Kylo Ren. Do you see similarities between characters of Anakin and Kylo? I, I, I could see how you draw those comparisons just in terms of uh, how they choose to deal with their anger and frustrations mm-hmm. at not being good enough. Uh, I do think Anakin had a lot more pressure on him than Kylo does. Kylo is kind of manufactured. Mm-hmm. So when you, you know, really look at the two characters, they're completely different. Uh, but they do have similarities in terms of how they react to things. But, I mean, that's where I would draw the line, just because their their situations are completely different. Yeah, I think Kyle... I I see the similarities, I think, more so than John does, but uh, I think it fits better for Kylo than how it fits for Anakin. Um, because they're both kind of moody and, and all that, but Kylo... I think fits better because his his pressure is comes from like family pressure whereas Anakin's pressure came from 
the Jedi Council telling him how good he was. And it was like, really, it was just, Anakin, you, you can literally just not fuck up and you're fine. Whereas Kylo felt pressure from, uh, from himself and from his family. I just feel like that's more... Like, that's more believable. Like, I feel like that's something teenagers go through and, like, young adults go through in real life. Mm -hmm. Whereas Anakin's, it didn't... Like, literally, he was he was brought up from slavery and given everything, and it was just like, hey, all you have to do is not mess up, and you'll be good. It was, I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure in and of itself, though. Like, not eh. don't mess up. Like, he was... And then you have overbearing obi-wan to to be asked not to be a bad guy i think is easy an easy thing to do like it's just don't kill people yeah it, You'll be i fine. think uh palpatine definitely took advantage of that and uh he in saw an opening to easily manipulate him well from my point and, of view the jedi and, are and evil <laughs> there we go so let's but, talk uh, about in, so I just want to say one one more thing about Anakin to Nick, and that's that the Jedi Code's a lot more strict than just don't kill people. So let's talk about, uh, in episode one, the big, uh, well, ov the overarching big bad is obviously Darth Sidious, but the, uh, the first villain they encounter in episode one is Darth Maul. Uh, let's, let's talk about Darth Maul and his uh, role in episode one, and and how they kind of kept bringing him back in the uh, this whole, uh, even after this. What's your take on uh, Darth Maul, I guess, as a villain in this movie? And do you think he's one of the more redeeming? I, I guess, just, just give us your overall take on Darth Maul. Joey, what's, uh, give us a quick take on Darth Maul. Oh, I, I liked him. He's cool aesthetically. And as far as his role and episode one he's 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 just Sidious's henchman he doesn't he has like no lines he he does speak i think at like one point in the movie yeah. but other than that that's just what he is he's the dark he's the phantom menace he doesn't speak and he's Sidious's tool in that movie and that's it uh but he's really whoa, cool whoa. looking Jar Jar is the Phantom Menace. Oh, right. <laughs> the true evil. Uh, also, I did some, some research real fast, and uh, the dual-sided lightsaber is uh, first appearance was in Phantom Menace. That's pretty cool. John, um, what's your take on uh, Darth Maul? And uh, I know Chris Hawk has preached to us before, you know, Chris, Darth Maul should have been the the overarching villain in all three movies. Uh, do you agree with that? or, or uh... That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you could have done it, but I, I, I there, feel like it would There'd be no point. There's no reason for that. Like, I mean, the character has no like motivations to attack the Jedi Council, let alone the resources. Why would he have been the thing? Other he's not even... Loyal to Sidious. He's, yeah. he's not even like a... Like a true Sith, like the race, he's like a Zabrak. Which, I mean, it's not like he harbors resentment towards the Council as a race. So there's just no like, I, I guess, overarching reason for him to do that, uh, except that Sidious, you know, manipulates him and trains him. He's he's definitely that secondary character. And I mean, I guess you could have gotten more of him, but I get. I mean, number one, the title wouldn't work, the Phantom Menace, because we know too much about him. But then I he wouldn't you wouldn't want to get rid of him that quickly, and he serves his purpose. Like it's not about him. It's not about the villain. 
it's about Anakin. That's what the prequels are about. Do you um do you think they could have introduced it? Uh, introduced it, it. Do you think they could have introduced Count Dooku in the second one a little earlier? Maybe in this one at the end of I mean ep- episode one, or do you think maybe there could have been more of Count Dooku? The thing with Count Dooku is I think they could have had um just like him in the background, like you see him, something happens to mm-hmm. where you kind of get that that feeling that he might turn because and number two, he's just abruptly the villain. Like he's betrayed the council to, you know, save the council ultimately is his goal. But like, it's just out of nowhere in terms of, you know, happening. Cause there's no mention of it in episode one and he's got to yeah, be around. He had like, he had like already turned at that point. And yeah, they could have mentioned it or done something with him in the background. I agree. Yeah. They could have mentioned something maybe like, uh, when Qui-Gon brings in Anakin, maybe they could have been talking about how Dooku uh, kind of disagrees with them on something. Even, even a shot of him like getting mad and walking away from you know whoever it was that the was council. in charge of him. Yeah, like that yeah. at that time would have been worth it. You know, as they walk in, he walks out. That that yeah, would have just like given a, you some sort of hint. A brief interaction with Qui-Gon would have been fine. Quick take, Nick Kenoku. What's your opinion on Darth Maul? Uh, I don't frankly understand him. Like, I don't, like, I mean, I haven't seen, like I said, that's the one movie I've seen the least of, but I, I just don't, I never quite understood why, like, I understood as a kid why, like, his appeal, like, how he looks cool and all that, but I never quite understood why he was super, like, why he was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, I, I feel like Chris Hawk has a point, but not like it, in a different way, I feel like they shouldn't have had um, Darth Maul be like the overarching villain, but they definitely ha- should have had somebody be the overarching villain in the first one that carried through all of them, like like Dooku starting like betraying the council like, in the first one, or like Darth Sidious the whole time through all of the movies. Yeah, like they should have had somebody consistent because in Darth the Sidious original trilogy is the overarching villain throughout all six of those movies. Yeah, I mean like in the in the original three it's Darth Vader and Darth Sidious, but like Darth Vader is in all three of them and then he has the change of heart in six. But in the in in Phantom Menace you have Darth Maul and Darth Maul is the loyal, like he's very loyal. He doesn't really have his own motivations like John said and he serves his purpose of being sort of that that dog that he sicks on the council from Sidious. And then Sidious is still the overarching villain in episode two because he's manipulating Dooku. He's kind of like using Dooku and and sort of like uh using Dooku's theories uh to get what he wants and make Dooku think that he is you know achieving his goals. When in actuality Sidious is only serving himself. And then in the third one, Sidious is trying to get his his new toy, which is Anakin, and that's his goal at that point. And Dooku I mean, is, can be cast aside, and, which we see happen at the beginning of the third one. So, and I and I get that, but like, it, it to me they should have had somebody who was the like a focus villain. Like you can have Sidious playing in the background all you want. But that's not an interesting villain entirely for for like entertainment. And, but wouldn't you and say that the, like, the point of Darth Maul was to be the villain like in the open, in the first one? Yeah, 
And he but was. I'm saying they should have had somebody that was consistently like that because even in the fir- in the original trilogy, Darth Vader is like the big villain, but Darth Sidious is still pulling the strings the entire time. Yeah. As the emperor, he's he's the one telling Vader what to do still, so even though like Vader's kind of seen as the, in charge. The second one, Nick. Who would you do as the in the front villain? I have no idea, but that's not what I'm. I'm not proposing somebody. I'm. I'm just saying there should have been somebody. Maybe have like the only person I can honestly think of is Dooku the entire time be like the big villain with Sidious pulling the strings in the background. Yeah, like, yeah. Like what they could have done was you know how at the end of Episode Two, uh, Dooku meets Sidious. What they could have done is. They could have had a little exchange maybe at the end of episode one, like uh, allude to that Dooku trained Maul and it didn't work. And then, uh, you know, because he got killed or or maybe that Maul was just a distraction. And then, you know, they could have built that in episode two, because when you get to Dooku, then you're going to be like, oh, okay, there he is. That's what he's doing the whole time. And then in the third one. I, even though as much as I love Grievous, and I love these movies, and I wouldn't change them because I watch them as is, maybe, you know, to be more pleasing to people, what he could have done was maybe, you know, it's, it's, it, it's now it's would have, could have, or whatever, but maybe instead of Grievous, it would have been Dooku that got away, and then Obi-Wan chases Dooku to uh, Utapau, and then Obi-Wan defeats uh Dooku because that would be the ultimate like thing where Dooku trained Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon trained Obi-Wan and he's killing his master's master type of deal. Maybe that would have worked. I don't know. It could have. It could work that way. I just I just think Lucas wanted to do something different and build more lore in this universe uh especially for others to expand on. That's just my opinion. I think there should have been, instead of a bunch of minor villains and then Sidious, it should have been, like, a tag team. I think that works a lot better than different minor villains throughout the entire prequels with Sidious pulling the strings in the background. Like, it, it, I, I just think that works the better. One thing, I mean, that's, go on, John. The one thing I'm going to say about Darth Maul is, if you need a whole nother series and a set of comic books and everything to explain a character that was introduced in a movie and was supposed to be like a full-fledged character. I don't I don't think he's worth it. You should have a lot more there unless well, you know you you don't want that, then don't do it. But they did it cuz people wanted it. Yeah, it's obvious yeah, it's... they they brought him back cuz he was popular. And it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Uh Let's talk about Obi Wan. Mentioned Obi Wan. Uh, let's give some quick takes. Qu- quick takes, because we're uh, we're getting pretty long here in the in the potty. But uh, he's definitely the best character in the whole series. And uh, there we go. Yeah. Well, it, so, in, in these three movies, done and done. for sure, I would say. Uh, George doesn't like anything, so done and done. George, why don't you like Obi Wan? Because he killed Darth Maul. Like every series needs that by the book guy to go against the the anarchy villain. But you you always need somebody who's trying to right a wrong and somebody who's trying to wrong a right. You you can't do you can't have like a a good versus evil story without the the good like the true good character. You just can't do it. How do you guys feel about the rise of the empire? Rise of the empire. That was I mean it was fun to see. 
I, and I think they, they did a good job in these three movies. Um, and I liked kind of, you know, you, you just kind of see how it happens. It's really about the characters and the rise of the empires sort of in the background. I mean, you have Sidious and that's, that's his main goal is to basically is power. And, you know, by becoming the emperor, he achieves that power. John? I definitely say it uh, reflects the tonality of the original trilogy and uh, mirroring the Nazis. Does a really good job of doing that. He came to power with politics and then he takes over with uh, military might. Nick? I mean, I, I, the I, same thing as John said, honestly, like, I think the, the politics in the movies, in the prequels, was very well fitted. Um, it may not have been what people wanted, but it, like it was a different tone of movie so i think it was very good fitted and and it just made it made sense to me mm-hmm. um i i liked seeing the rise of the empire it is it's like the the empire is such a big bad in four five and six in in the original trilogy but it's like how how did they get so much control over the galaxy like the the galaxy is such a huge place like how do you get that much control over such a huge place yep and it made sense that the republic becomes yep. the empire you know because the republic kind of yeah was already everywhere and they already had a lot of power yeah you get so. a sense of that in episode one too with the uh, chancellor valorum uh because he they, they say that he was kind of they think he was a little corrupt but he was more by the book because he didn't believe i don't think he entirely believed that Padme about the uh, invasion on Naboo because the Trade Federation kind of tried to keep it, you know, secret or tried to hide it. Yeah, so uh, you kind of get a sense that maybe the Republic is already at ends and, uh, you know, he he came in at the perfect time. Yeah. It was definitely one of the better selling points of of all three movies, like just that to watch that happen and and understand why things are the way they are coming into A New Hope. So I'm going to wrap this up with two more questions. Uh, do you think new, the new uh, newly f- Lucasfilm company the, with Kathleen Kennedy involved, or the new Lucasfilm, I'll just say, do you think they should uh, take content and tie it back to the new content and tie it back to the prequels era at all? Uh, um, anybody? O- only, only in tiny little pieces. You know, if, only, only if they were going to do something where they were you know, referencing history, maybe. But that's about it. I don't think it's, it's entirely necessary to pay a lot of homage yeah. to it. So basically like uh, what they did in The Last Jedi. Yeah, no, I don't think it's necessary at all, really, just because it's like, in, in Star Wars, it's, it's really just about, in a way, it's like the galaxy's like a country, and it's the, the history of this galaxy. So it's like, events mirroring something that happened that's now years and years ago it it just doesn't make too much sense now that that whole like political thing is resolved like if it was still like an ongoing thing where the republic was still kind of um like the old republic was still kind of there and all that not old republic but you know Mm -hmm. um that's a little bit of what i'm worried about though with awakens having just destroyed so many republic worlds like that are key to the republic they're going to take over through brute force 
and then the Republic is going to basically kind of be like this ragtag group that's been nearly destroyed. So they're kind of like the Rebel Alliance again, fighting against this oppressive empire. That's what I'm worried about in the next movie, really. Yeah, I just it's it's like it, it doesn't like you don't see current events in in the world mirroring like the the 1940s and the 1930s like you don't yeah you don't see that happening there's no like political deals from all the way back then that haven't already been changed or something like that so it's i don't think it's necessary like necessary to go back uh to that other than maybe like something like see some, pod racing some again? world that'd be or fun maybe maybe pod racing or like see a world that's that's from that like era it's still something's still going on there or something like that yeah, yeah. or you know like to, to revisit a world would make Naboo sense would be cool but Naboo. to but to to like bring something up from back then wouldn't make sense well you make a, a point that's not entirely true in the fact that uh countries are still paying for things in the past oh yeah I mean, there's a there's a couple people alive today that still collect Civil War pensions from their parents or grandparents, as it is. And then there's countries that owe uh, billions of dollars from like the 18-1700s from like debt they never defaulted on. I, I don't think it needs to be as in your face as what you're saying shouldn't happen. But I think just some of the aliens that the prequels introduced in the background would be nice wherever they yeah. go. An underground, yeah. an underground pod racing ring that like people bet on, that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. You know what? I'm going to need to see more Genotians, John. Uh, that whole planet <laughs> can get destroyed. <laughs> Maybe it did. Maybe they it did. They didn't specify which see, planets. Ju- and, that, and, uh... that is one thing that like, I think is a little ludicrous to me in, in the galaxy. is like There's very few planets that they revisit. Tatooine, like, like, yeah, other than like Tatooine, but like, there's very few planets they revisit, but yet some of the planets that they establish are very important planets for like resource purposes and different stuff like that. It's just, it's weird. It's weird not to go back to a planet that was so important, even if it was important years ago for some side that's been destroyed, like, like the confederacy or something like that do you it's just so weird that like that's not do you guys think and that jj abrams blew up the republic in the in the first movie to i guess not only show the power of what that new weapon was but maybe also to easily get away from politics in the star wars universe me so much but uh a a little bit no i think he's what he's setting up for is exactly what i was saying where you now the this like reformed empire is basically trying to take back what it originally had and in the republic they're now going to be this scattered group who have to basically band together from the you know from all the smaller republic worlds recreate to become the one force alliance sort of yeah kind of uh, like rehashing the original trilogy almost john you're big uh you're, you're well, not big. I, I guess you member, member, uh, member. Um, John, you're you're you keep up with politics. Do you like that side of it? Do you do you like the trade federation and 
uh, I guess does it did it make sense for you in the prequels, and do you think it would make sense to fit it in somewhere now? I really enjoy politics, but see the problem is you can't like accurately portray politics in a movie because that's all you would get. Like mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on that the whole trade federation thing and everything. We don't know. All we know is their motivations on why they're doing what they're doing. We never get to really see like the the you know the Senate like denying them what they want or any of that. So it's it's not so much the politics, it's the pol- political motivations. And mm-hmm. I can see why people don't really appreciate that. So I I would I would prefer that not be motivations, but I think you could easily have it as like a side plot where political motivations are causing people to act certain ways in terms of like whatever hierarchy is going to be in charge of the rebellion because obviously they're going to need a lot of money behind it and i mean yeah. that's that's wrought with politics so they're gonna need to get it from somewhere the huts that'd be so, beautiful. Um, the last thing <laughs> i'm gonna ask mucha <laughs> torch the last thing i'm gonna ask you guys is uh what is um what's your final thoughts on the prequels? Are they rewatchable and uh where do they fit in in the can- in the canon and the lore of this uh Star Wars franchise? Um Nick. Um I I like the prequels. They're um they're definitely rewatchable. Uh I I part of me fears that like they'll become not needed at the end of this new trilogy the the sequel trilogy um like i feel like people will skip out on them and just watch four five six seven eight nine um but i feel like they they do help round out some of the story kind of like how everyone skips Um, dragon ball just jump straight into dbz yeah like i i I think it's definitely a good piece of the story a good uh like I, i i think I think they're definitely needed. Believe it or that. Uh, John. I just want to say that uh, there are some golden moments in Dragon Ball that Kenoki and I recently uh, took, oh, there are. took that journey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going through the it now, journey. actually. Recently, as in like a year ago, but still. Yeah, well, it, it, we started way before that. But uh, overall, I mean, they serve their purpose. They tell the story of Anakin that leads into the story of Luke that now leads into the story of Rey. So, I mean,. They do what they need to do. Uh, in terms of rewatchability, I think they are rewatchable. I mean, I don't know how many times you're going to rewatch them, but if you're going to make like a, a rewatching of all of them, you have to include them. I mean, even one, even if you're going to do it in the weird machete order, you should include one. Don't leave it out because other people think that, you know, it's better that way. It's not bad. Well, all right. The only real way to watch it is the Jar Jar Binks villain order. One and What's two. That? What's that order? <laughs> yeah, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven is is the true did order. Did you guys see uh, watching it with the idea of Jar Jar being? Did villain. you guys? So you skipped four. Did I skip four? You said one, two, three, five, six, seven. Oh, well, then yeah, I guess I skipped four. That's the Nick and <laughs> order right there. Did you guys see um, the chick who plays the main chick? or main character in uh, Battlefront 2, they did some kind of promotional thing where she calls the actor who plays Jar Jar, and he says and he says something about how there's a deleted scene, or there was a scene taken away from the script of uh, 
where he turns Revenge of the Sith. And it's, I don't know if it's exactly where Anakin's turning into Darth Vader or if it's in a certain scene somewhere with Sidious, but Jar Jar was supposed to walk in and it was supposed to reveal that he was helping Palpatine the whole time. But I guess they. No. Because he's Darth Plagueis. He's Darth Plagueis. At least that's what I got from it. So they, uh... Jar Jar Snoke confirmed. So, I mean, who knows, honestly, what kind of ideas and stuff he came up with. I mean, my big, uh, my big thought on Metachlorians, I'll, I'll get that out of the way real quick, is you never see him dissect a cell. That could have been what their ideology or what their their belief was at that time from where Jedi came from till then, you know, they were trying to put too much, too much, uh, emphasis behind their, their own religion maybe. And they lost their, uh, lost the way. I mean, they, they seemed like they were overconfident at that time frame anyway. Um, I mean, they're basically robots. So, but you, you still never see them dissect a metachlorian cell. So I, I still find it the force to be mysterious in its own way. And I know Chris Hawk disagrees, and Chris Hawk hates the idea of metachlorians. And I texted him trying to get him to give us his final thoughts on uh, the prequels. Uh, we do know that he thinks episode two is boring, and we know he loves the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan because he yells at John all Three the time. Three years ago, he thought differently, though, I tell you. I <laughs> swear. And I don't know his opinions on uh, episode one other than, you know, he thinks Darth Maul should have been the overarching villain. But, you know, I... I Love the prequels. Um, I I can watch them anytime. They're they're like Joey said. They're my Star Wars. Um, I I grew up with them and and I saw them in no no it's my hey Star Wars. hey 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 and uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I I I love them and and uh, you guys know that I guess. So uh, Joey, oh yeah. Final thoughts on uh, the prequels and where it fits in the lore and, and all that. I'll be quick. They're necessary. They needed. You didn't necessarily need to happen, like you 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 might have been able to do without them. But they're they're a nice little they're they're a nice bonus. Like they 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 tell you what happened and how the empire got to be the empire. They they let you know how Anakin got to be Darth Vader, um, and you know how Luke was born and and Leia of course and how they ended up where they ended up and it it was all. It answered a lot of questions that you might have had with the original trilogy. Um, granted, the original trilogy is so timeless, and people loved it so much that they they probably would have been okay with the, their questions never being answered outside of uh, like comics and fan fiction and stuff that George Lucas may have said or whatever. But uh, you know, it answered it answered our questions. It really did. So I love them. I I still rewatch them. Like if I if I catch it on cable, I'll watch it on cable. I own them, um, and uh, I, I'm a fan of them because, like Mario said, and I said earlier, they're my Star Wars. It's my Star Wars. So uh, we're Cinema Seven. That was our big discussion on the prequels, Whoa. Episode One, Two. I got, I got one last. What is thing. it, Nick? I just realized here, sitting on my desk, I've got a Magic Eight yeah. Ball. 
so I was gonna ask it one question since this is Star Wars. Go week. ahead. Uh oh. Ask again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says concentrate and ask again. So, uh, you you know maybe you ask your own magic eight ball. At, <laughs> That's at your a very force oriented you know? answer. I believe it. Uh, exactly. It believes. Yeah. I believe Lucasfilm is controlling that magic eight ball right now, and they have surveillance on Nick Kenoki. Uh, I better start running. <laughs> um but yeah that was our discussion on the prequels we're we're uh you know we're big nerds big uh geeks we love star wars uh we love talking about all star wars we hope you we hope you guys enjoyed our discussions i want to thank again uh some of my best friends uh joey hill well you're you're my best uh, nick kadoki and and john kadoki and chris hawk is here in spirit but uh, where to find us? Uh, we're on Twitter at Cinema7 underscore podcast. That is Cinema, just the number seven underscore podcast. We're on Facebook, Cinema, the number seven EVN, uh, Cinema7. On Instagram, you know, we're Cinema7 underscore podcast. So uh, if you type us in on any of the podcast uh, sites or apps you use, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, if you just type in cinema and then number seven, we're pretty much the first thing that pops up. So definitely rate and review us on iTunes, uh, whatever, you know, whatever is helpful. Just any feedback we'd we'd appreciate. And, uh, you know, subscribe so you can have our episodes download right to you. And, uh, John, if you want to explain the Audible trial dot com slash C7pod thing, uh, you did a good job there. Uh, I'll just mention the Patreon. Uh, thanks, Mario. Thanks, Chris Hawk. Thanks, me. And thanks, Mario's mom for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, if you uh, give us a dollar one time a month uh, or just once, you give us one dollar, I'll say your name on every podcast. I don't care can who we you are. Can we give more dollars? You can if you want, but it's as Ooh. little as a dollar. As always, yeah. thank, thanks, Mom. <laughs> a little as a dollar can help this little podcast grow. So, uh, before we go, can we do recommends? Because I have a couple. Yeah, we, so here we go. Weekly recommends. Uh, Joey Hill has been waiting for this. All one hour and 13 minutes of this. Uh, Joey, what is your um, what is your uh, weekly recommends? All right, let's see. Uh, Gerald's Game. You guys may have probably mentioned it or heard of it. Um, really, really uh, cool movie on Netflix. Psychological thriller. Um I recommend it. It's a good watch. I watched it with my wife. Had a good time. Um, next recommend. Uh, I have been addicted to Power Rangers Legacy War on my freaking phone. And it's like this. It's it's your typical like loot box game. But like the, the, like the actual like fighting system is ridiculously addicting. And then my final recommend, which is what I really wanted to get to. And I, I don't want to talk about it too much. It's dark. It's on Netflix. It's Netflix original. Um, it's German, but they dubbed over it in English, and I just finished it before the podcast, and uh, it's fantastic. I really, really liked it. It's it's a little slow at times, um, but uh, I don't want to spoil anything. The best way to watch it is go into it not knowing anything, and it, it was fantastic. I enjoyed it a whole lot. So they have uh, they have English dub. I've been watching it in. And with the in German with the English subtitles. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah, they do have English dub. I don't know how it ended up English dub. It's just I just hit play and that's what it was. 
Nick Kanoki, you're hardly on the podcast uh, these days. Um, you were on the episode for your name, which uh, you know we greatly appreciate. And you know, Ghost in the Shell, and you talked about Fantastic Beast and where to find them. What, do you have any weekly recommends? Um, I've been watching a lot of the show called Shadowhunters uh, recently. My girlfriend loves the the book series um, that it comes from. And uh, it's not that bad. It's uh, got some some terrible teen drama like TV tropes in it sometimes that uh, it, it's funny to laugh at. But I mean, it's it's not a bad series. So you know, if you're into like those teen dramas, if that's like one of your guilty pleasures, it's definitely t- uh, something to look into. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Listen to our Return of the Jedi episode, and we'll definitely come out with one. Uh, for four and five episodes, four and five, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which we uh, briefly discuss a little bit in our Return of the Jedi episode. Uh, but we're Cinema Seven, and I'm gonna add Chris Hawk at the end here with the send off. So, uh, at Cinema Seven, we want to thank you always for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us, and we want to thank you for exploring with us. Magic 8-Ball, will episode 8 be a good movie? It says it is certain.